guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. place of worship and I just want you to ask yourself if you're ready for a miracle because we got to be ready for a miracle we all want his kingdom to come but do we want his will to be done because if we want his will to be done that means we got to be obedient when he speaks And sometimes that's not so easy. So it's easy to say no. And then we go, why haven't I gotten my miracle? Why haven't I gotten my answers to my prayers? All my friends around me are getting prayers answered, but I really do believe that it goes back to that one key phrase his kingdom comes when we do his will amen go ahead and have a seat as i prepare a little bit here for today how many of you guys have loved this series oh my gosh now As we say we love it because we've grown from it, how many of us uh, have been dealing with a lot throughout this whole sermon series? Like, it's like spiritual warfare, yep, from the left, from the right, from the front, from the back. Come on, Jesus, give me a break, you know? But I um, want to challenge us that if we stand, we win. So this week, I've struggled all week. I remember one day I came in and I told Pastor Rich, I I mean, I was whining to him. Like, I just don't know if I can ever catch a break. I just don't know if I can keep going. I'm exhausted. I've had something every night and every day, and the enemy's battling me here. I just had surgery a little over a week ago, and I didn't take any time off. I just went back to work the next day, and I was run down, worn out, and just exhausted. I even told him, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, don't get weary in well-doing. And I said to him those words, I'm weary in well-doing. I'm weary. And I was overcommitted and overstretched and just like, whoa, I can't do this anymore and cried. It takes a lot to make me cry unless I'm in, in, the, in the spirit realm um, because I'm strong. I get angry. I don't, get, I, don't get, I don't cry, but I even cried. But y'all, I want you to know that if the devil can't make you sin, 
He is going to get you distracted. He's going to get you all up in your junk and everybody else's junk so that he can stop what God wants to do. We can't win the war unless we stay diligent. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, God, (sighs) breathing you in, asking you to refresh us today, to keep us in the place of fighting this spiritual war. Because God, we already know we win. If we could just get up every day and say, yeah, we win, it's finished, we win. We wouldn't allow the aches and the pains and the highs and the lows and everything to distract us. So today, God, as we put on more of your armor this week, help us to fight the enemy, to stand guard against him. You have called us, you are equipping us, and all we have to do is go. And that's what we want to do today. We love you. We ask that you bless your word today. Keep everything that you've put in me coming out the way that you said it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna open with Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. And I know Pastor Rich talked about this last week, but um, I want to reiterate it. It takes seven times of hearing something for it to stick anyway. I was like, oh, so that's my problem. <laughs> at my new job, I've been there a while, but I, I've got a bigger role at this job, my part-time job. And My son said to me this week, he said, well, you and I are kind of alike. It takes us a while to get stuff. I was like, excuse me? And I was like, you're right. It has taken me a while to get this. But let's look at this scripture. It says, put on all. I wished I could go on this screen and make the word A-L-L, all capital letters, bolded and underlined three times, but I can't, but you can in your notes. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Come on, somebody. When when you're uh, in a fight with your spouse, when you're in a fight with somebody in your family, when you're struggling with people you work with, when you're having friend issues, you guys, you are not fighting them. The enemy's got your number, and he said, if I can get you mad at them then I get you distracted. So we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirit in heavenly places. Yes, the enemy is going in every heavenly place in your life to try to steal that also. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Last week with Pastor Rich, we put on our helmet of salvation to protect our mind. How many of you guys struggled in your mind this week? 
Yes, yes, yes. We forgot to put on our helmet that day. Um, and then we have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And because it protects our heart and it protects our vital order, organs. But like the scripture says, we have to put on the whole armor to be able to stand firm against the enemy, right? So today, we're going to put on the shoes of peace, and we're going to pick up our shield of faith. The Roman soldiers had hobnails on the bottom of their shoes that kind of looked like cleats. And they were there so that the shoes could dig down into the ground. And any soccer players, baseball players ever, softball players, do I have lacrosse players? Who all uses football? Oh, sorry, it's football season. I should have known that, right? How many? Raise your hands. Okay. Let me just golf. Oh my gosh, there's so many sports that use it because you need a firm foundation. You need to be able to plant your feet and know that you have solid footing. So they had those on their shoes. And without solid footing, you all, we cannot make war. We're sliding all over the place and we look silly and like, do you even have it together? Like, you're all over the place. So we need to put on these shoes of peace that gives us that solid foundation. You have to be grounded and set in your strategy so that you win the war. Ephesians 6.15 says, for shoes put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. The right shoes will take you in the right direction. Can I get an amen? Listen, you know your girl couldn't come up here in cleats today. I had to wear my cute shoes before I come in here. And you don't see football players wearing high heels, right? Exactly. You got to have the right shoes. Um, how many of you guys ha have been feeling like... There's so much chaos around you. Like, I can't catch a break. Like, you're always in conflict with something or someone. Yeah, yeah, I've been there too. And the enemy is always placing obstacles in our path to throw us off course. Fear. Do I have anybody that deals with fear? Disappointment. Just keep your hands up. Let, let me just read these and keep your hands up. Disappointment, discouragement, disagreement. This past week, <laughs> my husband was annoying. <laughs> he was so annoying. He was chewing loud. Like I could hear the saliva as he was chewing. I was like, I can't handle this. He was breathing too. He was breathing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but he was talking while I was trying to write this message. And I'm like, dude, you know how I struggle with, uh, uh, with my attention and focus anyway. But you guys, he gives obstacles to everyone. 
but oh, how he loves to throw obstacles in the place of his soldiers. We're advancing the gospel, and he doesn't want us to do that, so he brings all kinds of chaos in our lives so that we lose our peace and we feel like we're in turmoil. Can any of you relate? I've kind of asked that question several times. You can relate. Back in 2020, y'all remember pre-COVID 2020? Back in 2020, mine and pastors rich was like hunky-dory. Life was good. The kids were good. The church was good. Like everything was just beautiful. We were advancing the kingdom. People were getting saved, delivered. Things were happening, then COVID hit. Do not think for one second that the enemy didn't know what he was doing when he shut down the world. And don't think for a second that we, the church, didn't step up and do and what we should have been doing, which was fight. Say, uh-uh, not today, devil. But life was so good till that hit. And when trauma hits, do you know what you do? You fight or you flight? How many of you guys are fighters? Let me see my fighters in the house. Oh, we got some fighters. How many of you are flighters? Pastor Rich, raise your hand. I'm a fighter. And part of my personality is that I'm going to fight what is right for, I'm going to fight for what's right. And I'm also going to fight for my people. You better not mess with my people. I was sharing that with Laura before service. And I'm telling you, um, I'm pretty holy these days. I got, I'm working on some areas like y'all, but I'm more holy than I am hood. But you mess with my people and you're going to get the hood end. Don't mess with my people. But, and, and that's what COVID did. It messed with my people. My people were depressed. They were fear, fearful. They didn't know what was coming next. And I was having conversation after conversation that people from people who were losing their peace and fearful and just losing their mind being cooped up in their house. So guess what? I went into fight mode. And all of this craziness I was trying to get it back to normal. How can we keep church as normal as we possibly can? How can I keep my kids happy as they can? How can I be in people's face and space so that they don't lose hope? And our hope is in Jesus. Listen to the scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then, then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, as long as we're worrying about all that and we're not praying about it and we're just kind of going through the motions and complaining, he, 
we're tying God's hands. We, it says, then you will experience when we pray, when we seek his face. I wished, wished, wished I would have made that my life verse. I have a different life verse, but during that time, Man, if that's what I meditated on every day, what a different peace would have come over my life. So in that quarantine shutdown season, my mom passed away. And you guys have heard me talk about that. And, uh, and I'm in a much better place than I was even three months ago. But I lost all my peace. I lost all my peace. What has stolen your peace? I got angry when my, after my mom passed and we're shut down, I got angry and like everything made me angry. I got angry at people. If you looked at me wrong, I ain't going to the grocery. I'm not putting the groceries away. I just got in a mood and I began to think negatively. And that is when the devil has a heyday in the battleground. And this morning, Pastor Johnny in prayer talked about character. And I had in my message, I was so out of character. I wasn't myself. Have you ever been there where you're like, I know you don't like me. I don't like me. Because you're not who God created you to be. And that's where I was. I was in a complete war with the enemy for my heart. But I had two specific friends who didn't walk out of my life when I was a mess. And they didn't judge me, even though they had, they could have. <laughs> but they didn't. And they helped pastor me through that season. And if it wouldn't have been for them and standing in the gap and not giving up and keep encouraging me and not judging me, I don't know that I would have gotten to the other side in peace. So let that challenge you today that when people are going through hard times, there's a saying, you've seen it on Facebook, people even have it on t-shirts today. It says, you don't know what somebody's going through, so be kind. And I believe as Bible-believing Christians, we more than anybody else should be kind. But you know what I found? From, you know, now that I'm working in a worldly job and the church, I'm finding that so many people see Christians as not being kind. We stand on our street corner and tell people they're going to hell, and it may not be a street corner. It just may be in conversation for you. But we don't love people where they're at. And... We want to help them get to the other place, and we want to shout how they should be living and what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And can I give you some news today? We are not the Holy Spirit. We all have a Holy Spirit, and it is our place to allow him to convict. If you're feeling something about someone, bring it to the Lord in prayer. Let him do the work. But we need to put on our shoes of peace and bring peace, right? Do, are we all in agreement that we need to put on our shoes of peace and bring peace? Because sometimes we need somebody to be our peace for us, but we need to be somebody's peace in times of turmoil for them. You guys, we're better together. 
We're better together. The enemy is out to steal our peace because when he steals our peace, he knows we're going to doubt. He knows we're going to get discouraged and he knows we're going to walk away from where we should be. Causes us to stumble. Everything looks bigger than we are, right? That obstacle seems like, oh my gosh, that is so impossible. But nothing is impossible with God, right? We're soldiers and people are counting on us to keep fighting. And with the full armor on, we can fight from a place of peace. Anybody scratching your head going, well, that's an oxymoron. Fight from a place of peace. I got to tell you a funny story. Pastor Rich, if you don't know this, um, he always has to be right. I say the sky's blue today, and he was like, well, it's a little gray. I roll. So he argues with me a lot. <laughs> and that just means I get to prove him wrong a lot. <laughs> LOL. But fighting from a place of peace is all about our motive. I want you to answer these questions to yourself. Are you fighting to be right? To be the best? To be the most liked? To be in charge? Or are you fighting just to cause problems? Or on the other end, are you fighting for souls to advance the kingdom, to be at peace with others? This scripture is not saying don't fight. It's saying fight from a place of peace, to bring reconciliation. God is challenging us that we need to go to war in dark places. We're too busy fighting our brothers and sisters in the kingdom. You got to get this right. Again, trying to be everybody's Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do his job and let people see us in peace. So we can go to war in dark places. I read a blog this week on CBN News, which is like Christian Broadcasting Network on their news station. And it said that there was this church that went to this satanic festival that were performing unbaptisms. They paid $10 so that they could go through this little ritual and get a certificate that said, I'm unbaptized. And I love the way that this church handled it because they went in there all holy. I'm going to love them and I'm going to pray. And the, the article went on to say that one of the people that were there for their unbaptism said that their goal was to get under the skin of the Christians. They were trying, the enemy sent them to steal their peace so that they could get them off the platform that God had them there for, and that was to pray. They were, and this, this group, they were not provoked. They were fighting from that place of peace and prayer. They just kept smiling, turning their other cheek. I don't know, I think my hood may have come out. Like, oh, don't you be talking about my Jesus that way. You know, I, it might have happened. So uh, I'm still working, still putting on my shoes of peace. But we cannot fight battles 
if we don't have peace. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called, called, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So we've got to spend time with Jesus and allow him to strengthen us so that we can fight from that place of peace. And going back to that article, that's what they did. They stayed prayed up before they went to that festival, and that was the difference maker. I may not have been prayed up, and that's when you would have seen the hood. So putting on our shoes of peace allows us to be fully prepared. So let me ask you a few more questions for you to ponder. What are you doing every day to bring peace to others? Not you. But what are you doing every day to bring peace to others? How can you share the good news about people, uh, about Jesus with people in your life? When's the last time you shared about Jesus? What are you doing each day to live as God intends you to live? You guys, answering these questions will help us stay alert and be ready to ward off all of the spiritual warfare that we've been dealing with. Now we have our helmet of salvation on. We have our breastplate of righteousness. We have our shoes of peace to keep us grounded. It's time to pick up our shield of faith. The shield was used by the Roman soldiers to protect them from the fiery arrows because they used to light the end of the arrows and then they would shoot them. Now, um, let me read the, the dimensions. Their shield was crazy. It was four feet tall. So on me, it would cover me from my neck to my toes. Maybe not my whole neck because I'm five, three, but close. Um, and it was a foot and a half, half wide. It had leather and metal. And so could you just see the Roman soldiers? Like they were completely protected by the shield. And you guys, when we pick up our shield of faith, we are completely protected by the shield. We can hide behind it and the enemy's arrows will not get us. The shield was the Roman soldier's greatest defensive tool against their attackers. And our shield of faith is our greatest tool against our attacker, the devil. Ephesians 6, 16 says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the enemy. There are so many times I feel like I'm getting beat up by the enemy. But most of the time it's my fault because I didn't pick up my shield of faith. And I let the arrows that were coming at me hurt my heart, hurt my mind, and then I'm acting in a way that I should not act. How many of you guys do that? You don't pick up your shield of faith and you don't block the fiery arrows of the enemy. We must stay guarded. That's why that scripture says, y'all, that we have to put on the whole armor, all of it, every piece. I just wonder if this past week, the reason that we have been attacked is because we only put on two pieces of the armor. 
read the whole scripture. Whether you have learned what each one of these um, war weapons of war do, put them on anyway. And just see if your week is not a little bit better. My boys played competitive baseball. And um, their coach would always have them out on the field, taking ground balls, catching pop flies, um, you know, all the stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff. Um, and they would have, oh, I know, they also practiced throwing people out. And the boys could not wait till the last 15 minutes of practice when they could go on offense and hit. But he said, defense is what wins games. This is a defensive tool. Defense wins games. Think about it in war. If we're not on defense and we're always on offense, we're going to end up wounded or dead. We have to use our weapons of defense. So we have to use our shield of faith to block the fiery arrows of the enemy. So what are some of the fiery arrows? Temptation. Got that one. It comes in many sizes and shapes, and it's different for every person. For some people, uh, they're, they're tempted to lie. They're tempted to embellish the story. Their fish that was this big turns out to be this big. Oh, yeah, I, caught, uh, I, I almost said I caught that deer. Um, I shot a deer, and it was like eight-pointer, and it ended up being two-pointer. But, you know, you got to sound better to people, right? And maybe it's not even that, but you're afraid to tell the truth because you're afraid what somebody's going to say, so you make up a story that has nothing to do with truth at all. And maybe your temptation is lust. You've got to hold on it, but then one little glance of one little thing sends you in a turmoil and a downward spiral again. Or maybe it's food for you. We don't talk about gluttony being a sin, but it sure is. Speaking of food, I'm on a little roll right now. Um, uh, before my gallbladder surgery, like I had to cut everything out if I wanted to not have a stomach ache. Um, so I could only eat, I could not eat red meat, I couldn't eat carbs, I couldn't eat anything white, it was crazy. And I didn't want to be in pain because I, I still had eight weeks to my surgery. So guess what I picked up before I went to bed? Kit Kats. <laughs> and so it started with one of those little ones, and I was like, oh, I could have a little bit more than that. So then he started buying me king-size ones. And I'd go, oh, yeah, that can last me two nights. And then I started eating the whole king-size Kit Kat bar at 9 o'clock at night before I went to bed. Not smart. Food became a fiery arrow that I didn't pick up my shield of faith. And I started feeling the effects of that the next day. And temptation is, comes in every shape and size, like I said. So I don't know what your temptation is, but you do. And that's one place where you need to pick up the shield and use it. You guys, the devil never starts 
with full-blown destruction. He starts with one of those snack-sized Kit Kats until I want the full king size. And that's what he does in your life. He's going to get you on little things, the little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine is what Song of Solomon says. The little things is where he gets you. He hooks you. And then he starts putting more and more and more until you are in full-blown sin and full-blown destruction. He doesn't play fair. The second one is trials. Hey, use that shield of faith. I can just hear the enemy saying about you guys. Dang, I can't get them tripped up and in sin. But guess what? He's sending distractions. He's sending mind games. He's getting, he's, he's lying in your ear to get you to believe something that just isn't true about you. He, his whole goal is if he can't get you to sin, he's wanting you to walk away from God and back to the world. That's what he wants. Because when you do that, it's a little notch in his belt or a tally mark in his win column. The next one is accusation. Do you all know that another name for the enemy is accuser of the brethren? Oh, he loves to accuse you. He loves to get you believing all kinds of lies about yourself. And if he can't do it with you, he'll use others to talk about you, to backbite you, to stab you in the back, and then it gets back to you, and you're like, oh, my gosh. That hurts. That's what he does. He accuses us somehow or some way. And I, have you ever heard this saying, well, I heard well, I heard. I'm just going to stop you right there. If somebody starts, well, I heard. I don't want to hear it. Okay? Move on to somebody else who loves the gossip and drama. Um, and you guys, it's taken me a long time to get there. And sometimes I fall with that because I don't have my shield on. But we've got to work on that. Not allowing other people to gossip to us. Someone recently said that to me about this church. They said, well, I heard blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to tell you. Um, and I said, that is an absolute lie. Who told you that? Because can I tell you, if you don't know me well enough by now, I am the queen of confrontation. Especially if I know the enemy's working. Because the... Confrontation is not a bad word for all of you guys going, confrontation. Oh. It's not conflict. It's not being mean. Confrontation is, oh, I'm so glad this prop is up here. Confrontation is taking light and shining it in a dark place. That's all it is. We're shining light on darkness, on things that the enemy is doing. So, when they said that, I wanted to deal with it. Some other fiery arrows are failure, doubt. (laughs) 
fear. <laughs> Lies. Okay, that was a fail. I knew as a failer during run through, I said, throw those junkers away and go buy some new guns. <laughs> But just so you all know, we're good stewards of God's money. And we said we're going to make the best with what we have. Y'all know that's the definition of excellence. Doing the best with what you have. So you just received excellence even though it was a hot mess. Uh, (laughs) While we're on funny stories, let me just tell you another thing. I had to warn these two wild men at preaching meeting, I said, listen, you guys can't go ham on me. I've got to be blocking these arrows because I'm trying to teach the people that we have the tools to fight. And they were like, oh yeah, we were going to do that. And I was like, I knew you were. That is exactly why I'm coaching you. (laughs) But for real, you guys, in all seriousness, we have to keep our shield up always, even against the things that we don't necessarily think are fiery arrows and going to trip us up. Because it's not that, but it's building on that that will kill us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So what that's saying is those little things. Temptation isn't sin. But when you give in to temptation, it's sin. But we have to strip off even those little things that are leading us to that. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. It's the enemy shooting when our shield is down. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We always get hit when we don't keep our eye on him. If I didn't keep my eye on these two that were shooting me, uh, uh, one of those fiery arrows would have hit me. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, you guys, he endured the cross for us. He took everything that the enemy was causing to maim and hurt us, and he took it to the cross with him. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. We do have people on our side. Even when you feel like everybody has walked away, you have people on your side, even if they're in heaven. Did you hear the beginning of that scripture? We have a huge crowd of witnesses that have been there and done that, and they've got the pearly gates t-shirt to prove it. They're in heaven cheering us on. These people in Hebrews were called the hall of faith. They experienced so much of what we have gone through. So the next time that you've made it through something or you're making it through some something, I want you to imagine that there are people in heaven going, go rich, go rich, you've got this. Don't give in, turn your back, put up your shield, get that helmet on. That's what's happening. They are pulling for us. Y'all, we can't see the 
battles that are happening in the heavenlies. But there are angels, mighty angels, that are fighting every demon and every devil that sent them. And they're fighting for us. So we have got to begin to pick up our stuff and fight for ourselves. It's why we have to partner with the culture of heaven. Last week, y'all, I'm just going to give a plug that if you haven't gone through Cultured, it's not too late. You can stay after church today. It's today and next week right after church. There's snacks. And um, it, it allows you to be a part of a serve team. And there is a circle up message that happens every week. And some of the most rich things happen before church ever starts. And last week, Trey brought an incredible incredible, incredible, incredible <laughs> message about the culture of heaven and the culture of hell and spiritual warfare. And I asked him if I could share it, and he typed it out and sent it to me. So I'm just going to read it so that I don't mess up his words because it was so profound. He said, God creates and Satan counterfeits. Oh, I could really go into that a little bit, but that's a whole one-hour message. I'll save it for another day. Um, God creates truth, and Satan creates lies. God's desire is for you to be spirit-filled, and Satan's desire is for you to be demon-possessed. I'm not going to read the scriptures, but there's scriptures to back that. It's Galatians 5, 19 through 23. Write it down. Y'all know you don't go to heaven unless you take notes in church. <laughs> but Galatians 5, 19 through 23. And he also said that we have the freedom to pull heaven down to us or we have the freedom to pull hell up to us. It's in our decision base what we're going to pull. Um, and he went on to say that this... When we're, what determines that is the shows we watch, the music we listen to, the friends we hang around, the things that we go, ah, that's not a big deal. It's those little foxes. Y'all, we cannot have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell and expect God to honor anything in our life. You know, actually, Jesus said in Revelation, I would rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. That is such a sobering statement to me. Because many times in my life, even as a pastor, I've been lukewarm. I've allowed the fiery darts of the enemy to hit my heart, and I just go, I just don't even want to do this anymore. The hurt isn't worth it. I remember crying out to God and saying, God, I don't know if this is worth it anymore. Because people, when they walk out of the church, they walk out of your life. And remember, remember what I said? I fight hard for my people and I love people. But that's been the case I've seen over and over again. And I just told the Lord, I'm tired of that. I'm tired. But he's ever so faithful that no matter where you're at and what you're dealing with in your life, he will come on your level 
and he will speak to you and he will grab your arms and pick you back up and take you to where you need to be next. He is not thrown off course, we are. But spiritual warfare in our life, y'all, I, I want you to know it's not always because of sin. Spiritual warfare happens when the enemy gets scared. And he is scared right now. You know, I think the church has been awakened. I think that things are going to be different. I think that we're going to fight everything that doesn't look like heaven anymore. Oh, no, not today, devil. And remember, if, if we don't quit, we win. The flaming arrows of the evil one come in many forms. That's why it's important to have our shield of faith. And I'm going to leave you with two practical ways you can start to grow your faith this week. How many of you guys are excited about this? Do you have your notes out on your phone or your journal? If not, get it out right now or you can go back and watch YouTube. But I know you all never do that. Not all of y'all, but I know we don't ever do that. We have good intentions, but we don't go back and get those notes. And there's something about having it written down and putting it in practice that changes everything. So the first one is remind yourself. Remind yourself of who God is and remind yourself of who you are in him. We lose because we forget that we have the authority, that we have the victory. So that's the first thing. The second thing is find a verse or two that you can meditate on throughout the, the day that will help you trust God in whatever situation that you are being bombarded with. Y'all, we've got it so easy. All you have to do is go to Google and say discouragement scripture. And it'll give you 25, 30, 50 scriptures. Pick one that applies to your life. You may be dealing with fear. Google fear scriptures. Find you one. Meditate on it. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your notebook. Put it in front of you so that when the enemy comes in, you speak the word. I was, again, talking to Laura, and we were talking about a situation that happened in her family. And I said, pray this scripture back to God because his word doesn't return void. We can use our words and all of our flowery prayers, but if we pray the word, it doesn't return void. So let me ask you today, who needs peace? Has the enemy been shooting fiery arrows at you? Have you put your shield down? Have you kicked off your shoes of peace and you're just ready to fight? Where is God finding you today? I believe it's time to tell the devil, no, not today. Boo, get behind me, Satan. It's your turn. It's your time to make a difference. So as you stand and the lights go down, 
I'm going to ask you if you answered any of those questions like, yes, I have put my shield down. Yes, I have lost my peace. Yes, I am feeling beat up. I want you to run and walk right now. Do not wait for the song to go. I want you to run and walk to this altar because God's going to do something new and fresh. There's a fresh anointing in this place today. There's a new level to where God's taking us. Come on down. Come all the way up front. Let's push in, push in, press in, press in. And as you're making your way, because there are people still coming, I want you to visualize that you're putting on every piece of the armor. And you're taking those shoes of peace that have those hobnails on it, and you're kicking the devil in the teeth. You're saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. You've messed with me long enough, and you can't do it anymore because I'm in charge now. And while you're there, just go ahead and give him another little sucker punch. (laughs) Now, I want to ask for everybody else, if you've never surrendered your, your heart and your life to Jesus, or maybe you have and you took it back, The Bible says that today is a day of salvation and all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and God is going to save you. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. That's it. It's that simple. I'm gonna be walking around and I'm gonna be praying for you guys as you're up here. Thank you for answering the call. This is just your first step of obedience. And now that I said that, if there's somebody else that is feeling like, let me tell you, if your heart's beating or like you can't get this out of your mind, that's not the message that I spoke. It's the Holy Spirit moving you to a different place. And all you have to do, remember what I opened with? Wow. And I did not even prepare that. That just came from that. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. But remember what I said? We've got to do His will not ours. Our will keeps us stuck. I I don't want anybody to see me going to the altar. I don't want anybody to know that I'm dealing with stuff. We all do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.